0: Somebody say it just makes sense. If I want to be healthy in any area of my life, I have to develop healthy habits in that area. If I want to be physically healthy, I have to develop the physical habits of eating right, exercising, sleeping better, lowering my stress. If I want to be physically healthy, if I want a healthy marriage, I have to develop. The healthy habits of relationships, which are the way I talk to people, the way I listen to people, the way I respond to people and the problems that come up. And if I want to develop healthy finances, if I want to be financially fit, there are certain financial habits that I need to develop in my life. We've been talking about them for six weeks. We're going to sum them up today and then we're going to pray together at the end of this message that God will allow us to begin a healthier life Financially. Is that all right? Here's the question. Why should God do a miracle in my life if I don't change the attitudes and actions that got me in the hole in the first place? Why should God change my misery to miraculous if I'm going to keep behaving miserably? That doesn't make sense. It's got to make sense for God to bless us. It doesn't make sense for him to help us if we're going to hurt and hinder ourselves over and over again. So if it needs to make sense, how can I make things make sense? I'm glad you asked, babe. You, you're a good class today. I'm proud of you. Let's dive right into it. Number one, it just makes sense to secure my money with sincerity. It makes sense to secure my money With sincerity. This is the starting part. Starting point, I should say. I I remember that God is the source of all of my supply. God is my source. Not my salary, that's my resource. God is my source. Not my savings, that's my resource. God is my source. Not my retirement, not my social security, not my investments. None of those are my sources. God is my source. They are just my resource. That's just what God uses to resource me. God is my source and my security. If I put my security in something that can be taken away from me, then I'm going to live a life filled with insecurity. Many of us live insecure lives because we put our trust in our salaries and our jobs. But you can lose your salary, you can lose your job, and you can lose your savings. The only place that we can find security where it cannot be taken away from us is if we put our security in God. Why? Because if one door closes, he's got enough to open another door. If another door closes, he's got enough to build a new building and put no doors on it and give us access. And if all the doors close, he's got enough to open a window. As a matter of fact. there's a promise somewhere in the word that says he opens up windows pours out blessings deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18 says you shall remember the lord your god for it is he who gives you listen to this power to get wealth why that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day through moses God gives you the ability, he's not against wealth, because he gives you the power to get wealth so that people can see he keeps his promises. He told Moses, because I made a promise to your forefathers, I'm going to give you the ability you need to get what you need to show I'm a God. That keeps promises. Let me tell y'all something, because you sitting there calm, you missed the message I'm trying to give you. This is a shouting station right here. The only reason you're sitting here is because God keeps his promises. Do you know you are a kept promise? Somebody's grandmama got a promise from God that I'll look out for your grandbaby. Somebody's parents got a promise from God I'll cover your children. Somebody's auntie been praying for you. Somebody's uncle prayed for you. Somebody's friend, somebody's Sunday school teacher prayed for you. Don't you better not sit there and act like you're here because you've been good. You're here because you're so smart. You're here because God kept his promise, not because you kept your promise. We said, Lord, I'll never do it, and we did it anyway. Lord, I won't do it again. Again again came before we sat down. But thank God he keeps his promises. God gives us the ability, the Bible says, to produce wealth. This is important because every economy has wealth makers and it has wealth takers. It has wealth producers and it has uh, uh, wealth users. It, it has wealth. Wealth contributors and it has wealth consumers. And here's the problem. Here's how the economy gets turned upside down. It happens when there are more consumers than there are contributors. Here's why that's sinful. Because the Bible says God created us to be productive people. And so if we're not producing, we're just consuming. We're out of the will of God and we're headed for a financial ruin. So here's the difference, or here's where the difference between communism, capitalism, and Christianity all become vividly uh, easy to understand. Capitalism says, what's mine is mine, I'm going to keep it, and if you don't make it, too bad. That's capitalism. Communism says, what's yours is mine, and I'll take it whenever I feel like it and give it to whoever I want to give it to. Christianity says, what I have really belongs to God, and I'm willing to share it. So that God can bless others while He blesses me. Now, let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with prosperity. Just because people have misused, uh, misunderstood, misappropriated, and then misspread. I just made that up. I was on the road, y'all feel me? <laughs> But because people have abused it and taken it out of context, don't be afraid of the word prosperity. There's nothing wrong with prosperity. There's nothing wrong when you have a business with making a profit. There's nothing, nothing wrong as long as you do it the right way. Proverbs 15 and 27 says, whoever is greedy for unjust gain, hear this, troubles his own household. But he who hates bribes will live. In other words, if I make money dishonestly, lying on my taxes, if I make money dishonestly, overcharging people and underperforming, if I make money dishonestly, it's actually bringing grief, a curse, and a problem to my family. Pastor, you can move on past this because I ain't out here robbing banks and cheating folks and doing all that. No, you're not. But are you honest in every area? Here's one way. I know since the pandemic, a lot of people have been dishonest. I ain't talking about you. I'm talking about the person sitting next to you. Here's one way. Not giving a full day's work, but taking a full day's pay. Coming in late, leaving early, breaking when you don't have to, lunching longer than you're supposed to. You are robbing your employer, and God is going to make sure you don't enjoy that. You're being paid for a certain amount of work, and it's dishonest. To accept money for work you have not done. God does not bless dishonesty. I'm glad y'all got the mask on. I can't see y'all throwing them cuss words at me. (laughs) Proverbs. (laughs) Chapter 13, verse 11 says, listen to this. Wealth gained hastily will dwindle. But whoever gathers little by little... Will increase it. What is this verse trying to say? The quickest way that people end up losing money is trying to get rich quick. Listen, I love you and I care about you, and so I, can I help y'all not go broke? Because now everybody, everybody's into investing. Everybody's getting into stock market because we were all sitting at home during the pandemic. We ain't had nothing else to do. Everybody just thought they was, you know, E.F. Hutton or somebody. So, and I don't even know if that's what E.F. Hutton did. It's just, here's how you don't go broke. Number one, if you're going to invest, stick with what you know. Why is it important to stick with what I know? Because greed makes you gullible. Hear me, if you can't understand or explain an investment opportunity enough so somebody else can understand it, don't invest in it. The common denominator of every scheme or scam is they claim to have a way of making money that ain't nobody else discovered yet. People haven't tapped into it yet. Or they have this secret product that nobody has a hold of yet. And when people find out about it, they're gonna be filthy rich. Run. As soon as you hear it, take your coins and get out of there. So stick with what you know. That makes sense? Here's another way not to go broke never invest on emotion. Never. There's a reason. Why they try to press you to make that financial decision now. Don't let people press you into deciding quickly. Don't let people infomercial you. If you act in the next two minutes, we'll give you a second set of knives totally free. You just got to pay shipping, handling, taxes, gratuity. Operators are standing by in the next two minutes. We're going to be out and we're not making this ever again. Three years later, same commercial. They try to timeshare you into investing. They get you in the timeshare and they show you the best unit they got, not one you can afford, the best one they got. You gotta invest now. You can't now let me talk to my manager. Come back! It's killing me to do it, but we'll knock twenty five percent off. Man, I just want my free meal coupon so I can go. Well, hold on. Let me go talk to my manager. Man, I'll buy my own food. I'm like, you ain't even hold me hostage. Whom the son says free is free indeed. Y'all love me. Will y'all protect me? Because what I'm about to say is going to get me in hot water with a lot of pastors. And let me tell you something. When I say protect me, I'm saying protect me so I don't go to jail, not so they don't hurt me. Uh, Don't ever give to any pastor that tries to emotionally pressure you to give. I, I'm. I talk. I'm gonna talk about giving from here on out, but not for me. What is this? Oh, why ain't this plugged in? No, leave it there. I just want to. I pay for it. I want to see a cord, even if it don't work. I want cords and these next week, even if they don't work. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Yeah. Don't let people pressure you into giving. Now I'm, I'm gonna give you Bible as to why you should give and how it blesses you. But if you don't feel good about it, don't give. Because I don't want your tainted money in our account, and God only blesses cheerful givers. If you don't feel good, And believe what the Bible says about how God treats those who give to him if you don't give cheerfully if you don't give happily if you don't give expectantly you hold on to it I think we'll be able to make it without it but I don't want the negative stuff that's coming with that money you're giving under compulsion mixing up with our blessed giving because you might mess around and taint somebody's favor I don't know if it can happen like that but just in the case God won't show attitude more than He does the amount you give. Here's another way. Here's another way. That's gonna make some pastors mad. I don't even care. Here's here's another thing. Way not to go broke. Don't risk borrowed money. <clears throat> and there's a certain person who made billions of dollars doing this. I ain't gonna call no names or say, you know, give you no hints or nothing like that. Uh I think he was in Orange, New Jersey at one time, or. But. Will borrow money, put money in an investment, make his money back, then bankrupt the whole project and leave the debt with other people. He take the millions and go. Even wrote a book on it and called it "The Art of the Deal." But I'm not calling no names. But don't risk borrowed money why because it ain't yours to risk if you borrow money you already got to pay back more than you borrowed why would you then the risk that it's one way to go broke and then always test the idea with other people now I'm i'm talking about people who are not emotionally involved because emotionally involved people who have a stake in the game are going to be as excited as you are, but people who are not emotionally involved in the investment can always spot the flaws. I've had some really good ideas, really good. And I took them to our board, and they said, Yeah, this is a great idea, but fiscally, it doesn't pan out. Great idea. It just didn't pan out. I was over the top excited. They said, oh, this is awesome, but it's impossible to pay for. You've got to find some people who can give you good counsel while being emotionally detached. Does that make sense? And then here's the last way not to go broke. Don't believe the person who's already got the big deal. It's always one person who got the deal and they're just asking you to help them get the last part of what they need for the deal. Y'all know people like that, that's always waiting for their ship to come in, but it never comes in. And the ship keeps getting bigger and bigger with every dream. If you if I can just get ten more thousand dollars in six months, I give you a hundred thousand back. I got two days left. If you now I can give you like a hundred and fifty back. Yeah. Never believe the person who's always chasing that big deal. You want God's blessings on your finances. That's not the way to do it. You've got to secure your money with sincerity. Remember, God is your security, and he's your source. Y'all follow me so far? The second thing that just makes sense is it makes sense to sow my money smartly. I've got to sow smartly. So how do I sow smartly? I honor God first. I don't have to spend a lot of time on this. I hope, baby, I've talked about it for six weeks. You know this principle. We give to God first. We call it grace giving. In other places, people teach tithing. However you choose to give, give to God first. The bottom line is whatever I want God to bless, I got to put him first in it. If I want God to bless my marriage, he has to be first in my marriage. If I want God to bless my time, I give him the first part of every day. If I want God to bless my business, I put him first in my business. If I want God to bless my money, I put him first in my money. The principle of giving to God first, right off the top. Giving to God, tithing, all it is is there's a particular percentage that I give to God before anybody else gets anything. Tithing, giving to God first. I'm going to show you the promise of it, the purpose of it, and the place of it. Y'all got time? So here's the promise about tithing or giving to God first. In Proverbs 3, he says, honor the Lord by giving him the leftovers of your income. Honor the Lord after you've honored SDG&E, Mercedes, BMW, Cadillac, Kia. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all you produce. Verse 10, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. So if, listen, listen to what the writer is saying. If I give to God first, he'll make sure that what I have left lasts and he'll make sure I don't have to live on my last. Because he says your vats will be, your barns will be filled and your vats will be bursting with wine. That's not somebody, that's somebody living in the overflow. That's living in the excess I need some people in here that want some overflow flavor in your life. I need some people that's living in the overflow now that can say, listen, I live way higher than I earn because I learned that God will keep his word. So that's the promise of giving to God first. That's the promise of tithing. Now, what's the purpose of tithing or giving to God first when you get home read Deuteronomy 14 read it when you get home you'll see that the purpose is to teach you to always put God first in your life when God says give to me first is because he wants what the first place represents he wants me to trust him he wants me to trust that if I honor him first he's going to cover everything else <clears throat> And when I tithe or when I give to God first, it speaks to the past, present, and future. When I give to God first, it says, God, I'm grateful for all you've given me in the past. You're number one right now in my life in the present, and I'm going to trust you and you alone for the future. That's the purpose of giving to God first. So we got the promise, the purpose. Now, the often misunderstood place. Did you, this is totally out of, y'all were quiet, so y'all give me time to think and stuff. Did you know you're not supposed to pronounce the T in often? Y'all know that? Yeah, you don't say often, it's often. Like you don't say sword, you say sword. <laughs> Nor do you say salmon, but we go, let me get back to sermon. <laughs> so the place, <clears throat> I'm sorry, y'all not praying for me. <laughs> Where do I tithe? Where do I give to God first? People say, I give to people, I give to this, I give. Can I give to an organization? Can I give to a brother or sister who's been out of work? No, that's charity. God didn't give you a promise based on charity. He gave you a promise based on giving to him first. Why? Because when you give to him first, it's an act of worship. So, yes, you can give to people who are down. Yes, you can give your tithe to the Salvation Army, the Red Cross, Father Joe, and everybody else. But God didn't promise to bless that. He gave specific instructions. You a tither? Let me give it to you. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Bring the full tithe, all of it, into the storehouse. That there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up the windows of heaven for you and pour you out a blessing until there is no more need. So tithes go to the storehouse. Guess what the storehouse was? The temple. Well, I don't believe in tithing. Well, let's talk about grace giving. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2. On the first day of the week, today, each one of you It's to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper so that there will be no collecting when I come. This phrase, put aside, means you've got to plan it up front. This is not impulse giving. You've got to plan it. If I want God to bless my finances, if I want to get out of debt, i got to learn how to sow and save Better. You need to get out of debt. Give your way out of debt. Who do I give to? God and yourself. But I'm in debt. Give to God and yourself. If you wait until all your bills are paid off to start saving, you'll never save anything. Most people get into retirement and struggle because they spent all their money. They never saved anything. You give to God first, then to yourself second, you spend the rest on your bills. America's first mega-millionaire, J.D. Rockefeller. They asked him one time, how did you get to be a mega-millionaire? He said, I live by the 10-10-80 principle. First 10% goes to God, second 10% comes to me, and then I live off of 80. You give to God, then yourself. Did you know that the average... Asian-born, Asian, not American-born, Asian-born, saves or invests 36% of their income. The average European invests or save 20% of their income. The average American spent 1% more than they made. Yesterday's stats. You know how we end up here? It's because when we get a raise, we think that means raise our standard of living. As soon as you get a raise, you trade your car in. As soon as you get a raise, you move. Not realizing that me getting a raise means I can invest more for tomorrow. I can put it away for another day. and I can put it in investment. Don't raise your standard of living. That creates debt. Raise your savings, not your standards. Write that down. Next time you get a raise, next time you get a chunk of money, raise your savings, not your standards. I read this for you. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 11. We- wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. This little by little Principle, adding a little bit every day. Listen, you need to start saving yesterday. You're in debt, start putting money into your savings yesterday. I don't care how much it is. Start saving so that saving becomes a habit. Spending is already a habit. Start giving to God first and yourself second because that's how God blesses you. You do this over time financially and it will show up. It's not the amount, it's the consistency that we're looking for here. You you get all your, I wish, I wish, I wish, I'm going to figure it out, how that we can pair two or three people up with people in money sense because I need them to personally walk you through how to get out of debt. I need you to get all your bills together, add all your debt up, look at how you're going to pay it back, and I also need you to figure out how you're going to give and save at the same time. You've got to start now. I am sick to my stomach every time I see a GoFundMe for, to send somebody home. Every time we have to bury somebody, we got to have a car wash, we've got to have a fundraiser. Your job is your fundraiser. Your savings is your fund. Your investments are insurance. That's what it's for. We've got to start living smarter. We got too many people living better dumb. You live better. You ride better. But you did it the dumbest way you could because you did it at the sacrifice and cost of your future and your security. Was that offensive? Okay, I wasn't going to take it back. I just wanted to know. (laughs) Challenge. December 1st is Thursday. For December, write down every penny you spend and where you spend it. Challenge. If you want to be better and you want to do better, write down every penny. Keep track of it. If you don't keep track of your money, it just walks away. Everybody has emergencies. Everybody has difficulties. The difference is some people plan for emergencies and some people don't. So we got to start planning. Proverbs, let me preach faster. Proverbs 21 and 5 says, the good plans of the diligent Leads surely to abundance, but everyone who has, uh, who hastily, who is hastily hasty, comes only to poverty. Good Lord. In other words, we got to keep good records, and we have to plan so that we can know where our money is going. You have to have a plan. Somebody said you have to have a plan. Number three, it just makes sense to spend my money strategically. Five minutes and I'm done, Chris. You got to spend your money strategically. Most of us don't plan our spending. We just spend whatever we want to spend, whenever we want to spend it, however we want to spend it, and we do it impulsively. Now, what's plan spending? It's called a budget. Ooh, he cussing in church. I said it, budget. Everybody needs a budget. A budget is a plan for how I want to spend. How do you spell relief? It ain't R-O-L-A-I-D-S. It's B-U-D-G-E-T. Because Dwayne said, if you want to get out of debt, you got to nip it in the budget. In case it bombed, not blame it on you. What happens when I don't have a budget? Impulse buying. I need to see all the people, and I need, I need you to be honest. I need to see all the people who went shopping for Thanksgiving without a grocery list. Let me see your hand. You came out with stuff you ain't even need because you went there hungry. You came out with Ho-Hos and Twinkies and Ding Dongs and Intimates, Donuts, and everything that said new on the package. Somebody's going to call you with these Black Friday sales. Look at what I saved. Tell them, no, look at what you spent. (laughs) Because you didn't say, if you can't show it, you didn't save it. You saved some money, show me the deposit. It's it's a lie. You didn't say, you can save $500. No, you can just spend $500 less. You ain't saving no money. They use the word save because it plays a trick on your mind. Let me show you your savings. Give me a check for that much. I'm done. You're not going to get out of debt automatically. You're not going to get out of debt by accident. you got to have a plan. The only way to have financial security, the only way to make sure your money matters is to have a plan. Took you a long time to get in the mess you in. Think of how many Black Fridays got you here. Think of how many trips the Amazon truck made to your house to get you here. I don't apologize for seven weeks of sermons about money management. And the message is: you You're not gonna preach a Thanksgiving sermon. You haven't started a Christmas sermon if you don't know why you're thankful. If you don't know the story of His birth, after all these years, shame on you. Christmas movie has been on Hallmark since March. Just watch one. Of I'm so sick of coming in the house, hearing the movies about a farm getting ready to sell, a business getting ready to sell, some horses getting ready to sell, and somebody came back from the big city and saw somebody they used to like in high school, but they fell out and now they fall back in love and stay in the little city. It's the same movie. You don't need another Christmas sermon. You need this. If the story of Christmas was so important to you, the stores of Christmas wouldn't have your presents. It's not good for us to have debt. Last scripture, Proverbs 3 and 27 says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, but it's in your power to do it. In other words, don't just let debt linger. Pay it off. God wants to bless us. But he blesses those who are free. The Bible says whom the son says free is what? The Bible also says that the one who owes a debt is a slave to the lender. God blesses free people, not voluntary slaves. So I want to, and I'm, a, I'm thank you for those who took Money Sense. Can y'all just give a great big hand to our Money Sense ministry who's been doing these classes every Sunday at 11.15? Y'all got class today, right? Class today? Is it class today? I can't see nobody, so y'all. Yes, so at 11.15, run the Starbucks and pay too much for that coffee and come on back. 201 11:15. I want you to be debt-free. I want us to be able to do things together. I want to be able to say, hey, how many people are going to sponsor a child this year? And because you know you got $360 that you can pay, your hand just goes up. You ain't even got to think about it. I want to be able to say, hey, who can help me with a church in India who's still suffering after the effects of COVID and their rent is getting too high from, but they're still feeding their neighborhood. How many of y'all can help me with two months of their rent? You just want to, I just want to be able to do that. Because God is going to bless us when we give um told you I was going to pray for you today so I want to pray for those who are ready to get out of debt for those who want to be in a better position fiscally for those who want to be able to sow and save more for those who just want to do better than you have done now you could have been doing great but you can always find a way to make your best better I want you to stand. I want you to pray with me. I'm going to pray for you. I want us to do better. I I really do want us to be out of debt. I want to, and this is my prayer for young parents, that you get so financially secure that you can save for your child or children's education now so they are not burdened with school loans till they have grandchildren. I know people that have grandchildren still paying on student loans. Something is wrong with that picture. And it happens because we don't plan for it. And when your back is against the wall, you will take out a loan with 900% interest. Because that's all you got. You spend $3 and got to pay back $300,000. We can change our culture. We can change what's normal. We can change the narrative. We can't make that change for everybody. But if all of us can make a change, think of how many families will be affected if we just make a change. We may not never hear it, but 100 years from now, all of our descendants will be saying, listen, we're in this position because our great, 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 great made a decision on this day that they were going to be better financially and God honors his promises. Some of you are going to plan to give better. You're going to squeak your way out of 2022, but in 2023, you're going to give more. You're going to this week decide the percentage you're going to give right now. It may not be 10, but you're going to find that, that you can give consistently, and you're going to give it consistently without fail, and you're going to give it to God first. And then you're going to give to yourself second, and then you're going to pay down the debt you have. And by the time we're standing in this place in 2023, your whole life is going to look different. I'm not saying you'll be debt-free in a year because you didn't get in debt in a year. But a year of God's favor is better than a year without it. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I'm standing with my brothers and sisters, and we're coming to you asking for strength, for discipline, for grace, for mercy, and for forgiveness. We didn't get it right the first time. We did what we thought we should have done and now God we know better because we've heard it in your word and so God from this day forward we decide we decree we declare that we are going to follow what your word says we are going to give to you first we're going to give to ourselves and we're going to make sure that we don't carry debt from anyone We're going to free up our finances so that we can sow seeds in others' lives so that you can give us a harvest that blows our mind. We want to be able to give in such a way that you give in a way that blows our mind so that we can give to others in a way that blows our mind. We want to make sure that people eat because of our generosity, that people have clothes because of our generosity, that people have shelter. Because of our generosity. That young men and young women can go to school because of our generosity. Those in other countries can have clean water, clean clothes because of our generosity. Because they can have a chance, a shot at a better life through education because of our generosity. We want to make sure that people can receive medical care, receive counseling. Whatever the need may be, God, we want to make sure that our generosity are the seeds that are planted. Then, God, I pray for those right now who are trying to make a decision rather to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. Somebody needs him right now. In the sanctuary viewing, somebody needs him right now. Somebody already received him. Somebody's a part of our family, God. They're just looking for a local family to connect with. Touch right now, God, as only you can. You do it, God, and you do it for your glory. And we'll give you all the praise. As soon as this prayer is over and the invitation is extended, God, I pray that many will step forward. I pray that many will send text messages. I pray that many will make the decision that you are the Lord, the true Lord and Savior of our life. That to be a part of a local church is what you indeed have for our lives. God, thank you, God. Thank you for this sermon series. Thank you for these messages. I pray, God, that they won't leave us. You will hide these words, these lessons, these principles in our heart. And that our lives will prove that the word of God is the living word and you honor your word. We thank you, God, and we pray this prayer in Jesus' name.